0: Coming up on Chasing the Natty, another week of College Fantasy 2023 has come and gone and a lot of us either greatly benefited or greatly suffered from the massive number of teams on by this past week. Whether you're celebrating or picking up the pieces from this last week's matchup, we must march on and navigate this week's options on the waiver wire. As always, I'll first ward you off some trap players on the waiver, and then I'll do a deep dive into the players you should be looking to grab for your teams. All this and more, coming right after this. Caleb Williams, dancing, cutting, mesmerizing run by the quarterback. Marvin Harrison, junior touchdown! Marvelous mark! Marvel- Next to the for this is Chasing the Natty, a college fantasy football podcast. Alright, welcome in everybody. This is Jared Palmgren, host of the Chasing the Natty podcast. I hope you guys are having a wonderful ride to your work on this Tuesday morning, Monday afternoon. I'm not sure when I'm putting this out. We'll get to that in a second. We are the College Fantasy Football Podcast on the Campus of Canton Podcast Network. You can find us on all of your podcast feeds and on YouTube every Monday and Wednesday morning during the season at 6 a.m. sharp. If you want to support the great work we are doing here, head on over to campusofcanton.com and subscribe there with one of our three fantabulous tiers. You'll find everything there you need for your CFF, DEVI, C2C, and betting needs, including rankings, articles. Tools, and so much more than that. You can also find me and the show on Twitter. I'm at cff underscore Jared, and the show is at Chasing the Natty, y'all. We are pretty much halfway through the season at this point. I know, or at least during the regular season, because most of y'all's playoffs start in like week eleven, week twelve. So pretty much half of your half of your regular season matchups are already here and gone. You're probably taking a good, look, long look at your team, trying to figure out like. How's the rest of the season going? I know I got at least one team where I'm two and four. It's been a good year in terms of how many points I've scored. I've just gotten unlucky with how many points my opponents have scored. And I look and I see I have a lot of really tough teams on my <laughs> on my remaining schedule. So it's definitely gonna be fun over the next couple of weeks. Definitely take some time to kind of you know plan out what, what your team's looking like over the next little bit there. But anyway, we got some stuff to get to here today, y'all. Again, obviously, here's the elephant in the room. What happened why did why are we not getting the Cincinnati Monday morning this week? um just again, I'm not going to go into details or anything, but um first of all, I appreciate the patience for those of you out there. But the other part of it is that um we just had a bit of a family emergency in my household yesterday it, nothing nothing serious again, we went to urgent care. It turned out everything was pretty much okay we got we had we had some stuff to deal with and everything, but at the same time, like. You know, everybody, everybody's going to be okay and everything like that. But again, just got home super late. Just didn't have the energy after everything to sit down and record an episode of CTN. So just had to find some time today during um, during Monday in order to get this out to you guys. But again, appreciate all of you guys having patience with that. And again, I'm hopefully going to get this out to you guys as soon as possible. I want to try to get it out this afternoon before a lot of y'all go home from work and everything like that. But we'll see how that goes. Uh, but anyway... As always, we got the show today. Again, we'll talk about some trap players, like I said, at the top of the show. Some players to avoid. We'll be deep diving into some uh, quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. to Grab off the waiver wire this week. Again, as I've mentioned, there's we're kind of going back and forth between different players, either being just one-week rentals that you can grab off the waiver wire and hope they do something well with it. And it's very rare we're going to find some guys who are going to be true, like, Rest of season, top 10 league winning options at this point. it's just not going to happen. Um, but again, just different players to look out for on the waiver wire. Again, guys have injuries this past weekend. Jaden Ott, tori Horton. We don't know what's going to go on there. Again, maybe they're both back by next weekend. But again, just a lot up in the air. You're definitely going to be needing to look for some guys that'll replace those guys over the next couple of weeks, potentially. So we'll definitely talk about that. And then, as always, again, or not as always, we started this last week. You guys responded to it pretty well. Again, I'll finish up with a few streaming DST options for this week. And hopefully they do better than some of mine did last week, because I don't know about y'all, I picked up Mississippi State, played them against Western Michigan. I'm like, oh, it's a max school. Like they've they, They're horrendous against SEC competition, typically. Western Michigan scored 28 points. Just absolutely killed me in a ton of leagues last week where I did that. So... Oops, I feel a little bit better some of the some of the defenses we have this week, though. But we'll definitely see. Father Time is a very cool, cruel thing, and God knows what's in the future. Regardless, let's go ahead and get into our first segment here. These are the trap players. You guys know what's going on here. Y'all do not go chasing points in college fantasy. We'll be talking about some of the guys who are... Who performed really well last week but are not in my opinion worth going and grabbing on the waiver wire context is key in college fantasy football these guys are the bamboozlers these are these guys are the new your new date asking if they can bring their friends to dinner with you guys they are the traps of this week's waiver wire let's go ahead and talk about the first one here which is i'm already backpedaling on a little bit Isaiah Ifanze. Again, this dude scored three touchdowns last week. On, I believe, what was like 12, 12 touches? I think 11 carries, one reception. So just, you know, that's already kind of a red flag for a lot of people. But the thing about it is that Jaden Ott did not play in the second half last week. Now... Obviously, even without Ott, Afonze did not, you know, start getting a buttload of carries or anything like that. But it is still—he's a little bit interesting. Again, California does run the ball quite a bit, and Afonze is very clearly the second best running back that Cal has to offer right now. If Ott is out with an injury for any experience or any extended period of time, I would say that you're probably looking at a potential guy to grab over the next couple of weeks. So I'm kind of backpedaling here a little bit, but for right now, just. On the merits, don't go grab him just because of the three-touchdown performance from this past week. He didn't have the volume, didn't have really what you needed there. It was a shootout, a surprise shootout, in my opinion. I Again, that was one of the L's I took on the DSCs last week. I could have sworn Oregon State would have been able to hold Cal down just a little bit more, but apparently not. Regardless, let's talk about the second option here. That's Mr. Davin Booth, running back at Utah State. Had himself a really good game this past week. I played 14 carries um multiple touchdowns this guys it's still colorado's defense or colorado state's defense again it's just not good defense all around utah state built up a lead in this game and kind of sat on the ball from there that's just not something that they're very accustomed to they're most likely playing from behind constantly which leads to booth having some really really down weeks in terms of him being game scripted out of games the up, and, the up and down usage is just so clear to see. When they're ahead, he gets, he or when they're competitive, he gets plenty of carries. Like against their game against James Madison, he had 21 carries. But other weeks, he had seven carries and six carries, sandwiching that 21 carry week. It's just not worth it guessing which weeks he's going to go off. If you have a best ball league where you can pick up guys off the waiver wire and you have a pretty deep roster, I'd say go grab Booth at that point. But for regular redraft, uh-uh, I'm, I'm not touching Booth. Next one up here. This one again. It kind of hurts, but like I'm off of him at this point. But Jermaine Burton, wide receiver out of Alabama, this past week, just a monster game here. Twelve targets, nine receptions, 197 yards, and two touchdowns. This man just kept abusing the same poor, poor Texas A&M defensive back over and over and over again this entire game it was a matchup that alabama clearly identified either pre-game or early on during the game and like i said they abused the heck out of it burton 12 targets he did not have 12 targets coming into this game after the first five games of the season Guys, this is it's, it's an anomaly. This is only Burton's third hundred yard game in his career, and he's been a starter for three years at two different schools. This is don't don't go out there grabbing Burton, thinking oh Bama's got a connection now. Like Burton's Burton's Millrose go to guy. No, it was a situational play in one game where there was a matchup problem against Texas A and M. I highly doubt we see Burton reach a game where he has ten targets again this year. I wouldn't go touch him. Next up here, Mr. Miles Cross. Again, another guy kind of like Booth, where like, you know, he's had multiple good, like decent weeks. Do not get me wrong. The problem for him is that it's just so difficult to know like when he's gonna go off. He started off the year in the San Diego State game. 12 targets, four receptions, 47 yards, and a touchdown. That's great. 12 targets. Whoa, maybe we had the wrong Ohio wide receiver there. He followed that up with one target, two targets. Four targets and now eleven targets this past weekend. Again, it's against Kent State. It's a horrendous defense. You're talking about a a game where again clearly there's a matchup issue there as well. Rourke identified it. They just kept peppering it to cross. I am not, I repeat, I am not going to be trying to guess which weeks Miles Cross will be going off during maxion Again, best ball play, love it. Otherwise, stay away. I'm not touching it last but not least here we got mr john adams not the president but the wide receiver out of temple here where did this come from like literally like this is like even more crazy than than the jermaine burton stat line 15 targets 10 receptions 127 yards and a touchdown this dude had target numbers of zero one three and one to start the year and then just all of a sudden he goes absolutely bananas against Utah, or not Utah State, excuse me, uh, UTSA. Again, Temple looked the best they had all year. I don't know where this came from against a UTSA defense I thought was, again, I'm not going to pretend like they were like you know, world beaters or anything, but I thought they would be able to slow down Temple's offense considering literally everybody else has. I'm not better about EJ Warner having a top five fantasy performance in a game where I... Anyway, I'm getting off track there. I'm not better about Temple's performance at all this weekend. Anyway, but John Adams, again, like, I'm not betting on this, y'all. Like, again, this this feels like a flash in the pan fully right here. I do not trust this whatsoever. Maybe, again, given this performance, you, Temple will probably trust him a little bit more down the line, but I doubt we're going to see 15 targets. I bet we go back to, you know, probably a safe five, six targets for him every single game. Just feels way, way, way Too early to assume this guy's going to be a legit option for Temple moving forward. But we will definitely see. All right, enough of the negative talk. Let's go talk about some guys that you guys should be looking at on the waiver wire and picking up for your teams. If you have a need at the positions, let's go and talk about the quarterbacks first. And we'll start here with Mr. Cam Fancher. Guys, I've been playing College Fantasy for a while, and quite frankly, like it feels wrong to be recommending a Marshall quarterback for College Fantasy, but here we are. Cam Fancher has looked pretty decent, especially over the last couple of weeks. It feels like something has turned on for the Thundering Herd and their usage of Cam Fancher. It could be that they've been in two shootouts the last couple of weeks, so they have to, they had to rely on him just a little bit more. But given what they have over the next couple of weeks, you see there on the graphic, Georgia State, James Madison, Coastal Carolina. I can see potential shootouts in pretty much all three of those games. I can also see some pretty low-scoring affairs too, don't get me wrong. But all three of those teams have decent enough offenses to truly get this game the same way that Old Dominion and uh, North Carolina State got Marshall the last couple of weeks. So... Again, let's talk about what Cam Fancher's been able to do the last couple of weeks. Just increased volume. 35 passes and 51 passes over the last two weeks. Almost 300 yards against Indian, Over 300 yards against North Carolina State. Two touchdowns in each of them. And then this past week, he was able to add two touchdowns on the ground. And then the week before, he had 15 carries for 102 yards. So they're clearly ready to utilize Fancher's legs a little bit more. I, that's that's a little bit worrying for all the Rashin Ali owners out there, but you know, for us, for people who are kind of struggling a quarterback in a few leagues, this could be very interesting over the next couple of weeks. And like I said earlier, he's going up against Georgia State this weekend. He's a great pickup this week in order to play for just one week. Georgia State is a hundred and eleventh in the country versus the pass. Go and look at Georgia State's entire schedule so far it is riddled with quarterbacks having some of the best games they've had this year if Fancher is able to top 300 yards again this weekend he will be a very solid option for college fantasy football and the fact is he's had 15 rushing attempts in three of the last five games of this year that's a really solid floor for you in terms of rushing so I think that he will be a very solid option, especially this weekend and probably the weeks to come after that. As you kind of str- as we kind of struggle to get through the bye weeks right now, the only trouble is I kind of mentioned it before: Rasheed Ali, dude is a touchdown machine. Does that take away from Camp Fancher? Just a little bit, I think. I think that caps his ceiling a little bit. But you know, if another week happens like this past week where it's a Cam Fancher show, it'll be pretty awesome for you. Let's move on to another quarterback here. Let's talk about Joey Aguilar rostered on 9% of rosters. I was going to talk about him last week, but I did not want to throw on a guy on here who had a buy the week that I was recommending him. So he got pushed to this week. There wasn't a ton of great quarterback options. There's several quarterback options out there. I like, but at the same time, like in terms of new guys to talk about, Aguilar made a lot of sense to bring up this week. Last couple of years, the Appalachian State quarterback has been a very steady Eddie option for College Fantasy. Again, Chase Bryce, I believe, has had two top 40 performances the last couple of years. And it seems like this year is going to be no different, even if the Mountaineers are on their second string quarterback here in Aguilar. Aguilar really came in and has performed pretty admirably in the absence of Ryan Berger. And as you can see, over the last couple of weeks... He's had some really very nice volume. Again, passing t- attempts of 43 yard or 43 attempts, 29, okay, 40, 39. So again, you're you're talking about a dude that in three of the last four games is pretty much averaging 40 passes per game. He's had touchdown numbers of four, two, three, zero, and three. The one the one game where he had zero touchdowns was at Wyoming, which is very quickly becoming a place where you know fantasy options go to die, just ask the entire Fresno State offense this past week. I Again, Aguilar seems like a very steady option. He is a dude that is set up to score between 23 and 30 fantasy points pretty regularly. Again, look at these upcoming opponents. Coastal Carolina, Old Dominion, Southern Miss. All three of those are defenses that he should be able to perform pretty well against right there. For the most part... I think he's a great steady a option. Do I think he's gonna be a guy that can hit 40 points in a given week? Probably not. But again, if you're if if you're in a matchup where all you need is a 23 to 30 and the rest of your guys will take care of it, Aguilar is a perfect pickup to help you out during this week. Let's move on to the next one here. Let's go talk about EJ Warner, the the quarterback here out of Temple. Again, I warded you off of John Adams' his wide receiver in this last game. But I got to go with E.J. Warner here. He is looking like what we really thought he would be kind of coming into this year. It was a rough start for Temple. Again, they're not a great team overall. So the scoring opportunity is kind of limited, even if they are averaging well over 40 passes a game in this system. You love that for College Fantasy. But it really does kind of end up making it a bit more extremely matchup based on a week in week out basis. This past week, again, Warner 65 passes, 472 yards and five touchdowns. This is what it looks like when the system gets into a matchup where they can actually move the ball quite a bit. And the good news is the matchups coming up looking pretty enticing got North Texas this upcoming week, which is going to be, I believe the over under on that game is already set at over 70, so boom bada bing EJ Warner's your guy right there SMU that should be another high scoring game Navy's been diced up um by tons of passing games over the year really EJ Warner like has the volume he has the production pretty much on a week-in-a-week-out basis to be fantasy relevant it's just can he get those touchdowns can he get those scoring opportunities we will definitely see again North, North Texas got coming up this week. Their pass defense, while technically ranked decently high, I think is fraudulent. Cow, freaking Cal cow dropped 322 yards on them. FIU, they ha- they played against uh, Keon Jenkins in his first start, so that wasn't going to be a ton of yardage right there. Louisiana Tech, that was a first start against Jack Turner, who isn't very good. Then they had Abilene Christian afterwards. And then Navy comes in afterwards, who managed to drop 75 yards on them. and That's basically the same thing as throwing for 300-plus for a Navy quarterback. I think that this matchup upcoming this upcoming weekend against North Texas is a great one for EJ Warner. He is a perfect option to grab off the waiver wire. I believe he's what did I say rostered in twenty seven percent of leagues, so he's he's not available in every league, but in a lot of leagues he is there as an option for you to grab this week. See what if he does well, and then you can decide what to do with him after this week. We will definitely see though another quarterback here. Let's go talk about Mister Nicholas. I'm not. Uh, Vasciato. Vasciato is what I'm going with. I, I, I it did not occur to me t- until this moment that I could not pronounce his name out loud without sounding the least confident ever. But anyway, Nicholas Vasciato, quarterback out of Middle Tennessee State this past week. 41 passing attempts, 408 yards and two touchdowns, 20 rushing attempts for negative three yards, which woof. That sucks. Again, got got sacked quite a bit this past weekend. My interest in Vachiaro kind of goes back to the game against Western Kentucky, which they didn't perform particularly well in, but the commentators kept mentioning that the Blue Raiders were trying to implement an air raid system, and I chuckled when I heard that because, like many of you, I straight up did not pay attention to MTSU really that much this offseason. They're not typically a fountain of college fantasy assets, and quite frankly, in my opinion, the The only things I remotely considered were the two running backs, um, which are like Frank Peasant and Jaden Creedle. Not very air raidish at all. Like, I thought those were the two best weapons on the team. And to start the year, I mean, those two have done a lot for this team. I didn't realize, though, that as they've gotten into conference play, MTSU has kind of got a huge tick up in terms of that passing volume. Again, against, against Alabama, against Mizzou, against Murray State, like, you know, things were getting still settled there. They were like right around 35 passing attempts per game, but over the last three games against Colorado State, 41 passes. Against Western Kentucky, 45 passes. Against Jacksonville State, 41 passes. They are giving Vasciato quite a bit of volume here. And again, the thing that kind of runs into it is very similar to Temple. The big question is can we get. The touchdown opportunities out of middle Tennessee state. Again, they've had some issues kind of keeping drives going over the last couple of weeks. And then you all of course have Frank Peasant and Jason Creedle, who are very serviceable running back options to kind of punch it in at the end of those drives right there. But, Looking at this upcoming schedule, he's got Louisiana Tech, he's got Liberty. Both of those games should be shootouts that require him to pass the ball a ton again. New Mexico State, again, I'm still not entirely sure how I feel about New Mexico State's defense. But again, I think that that'll be a solid option. But again, especially those first two ones right there, LA Tech and Liberty, those feel like really nice matchups for me right there. I think I would be more than willing to grab Vaciato and see what he can do against LA Tech this weekend especially sitting on my bench. And then if he does well there, I would be happy to play him against Liberty the very next week. Right. There should be a, a bit of help for you over the next couple of weeks. Let's talk about one last quarterback here. Let's talk about Mr. Noah Fafita, the quarterback out of Arizona. This one comes with an asterisk as long as Jaden DeLore is out. For those of you who don't know, Jaden DeLore, it looks like he will be out for a bit with an injury. So Noah Fafida has been plugged into this Arizona offense. And I was a little scared at first thinking, oh no, this entire Arizona offense is going to take a step back. Nope. Nope. It looks just as good with with uh, Noah Fafita in there as it did with Jaden DeLore. It honestly makes me really scared for those who have Jaden DeLore to see whether or not he may can even get this job back considering how well Fafita is doing right now. This past week, Fafita... 35 passing attempts, 25 completions, 303 yards, and 5 touchdowns against USC. Again, in both of the starts that Fafita's had so far, he's had 30-plus passes. He's had 3-plus touchdowns in both of them. Granted, uh, this past weekend, he had 5 touchdowns in overtime against USC. We all know what USC's defense is like. So again, take it a little bit, grain of salt. But even still, you should be treating Fafita as you would be Jaden DeLora. If you have not dropped Jaden DeLora because you still think he's valuable, or if you had Jaden DeLora, you would not have dropped him by this point. That tells me that you should have picked up Fafita by now because Fafita is basically the stand-in for Jaden DeLora right now. So, again, it's basically the same thing. It's like if you saw Jaden DeLora's name on the waiver wire right now, you would be going and picking him up right now if it, if he was the starting quarterback at Arizona. That's what you got to do with Fafita here. The only thing is i don't love this schedule coming up this is why i kind of put him last on the bunch here i love arizona state's offense i think that they can get into shootouts with several of these teams i just don't know it it feels like both all three of these opponents their opponents over the next three weeks are washington state oregon state and ucla all three of those matchups i can see ending 38 to 35 I can also see all three of those matchups potentially ending in like 25 or excuse me, 25, 24 to like 20. Like that again, I think it or probably may, potentially even lower than that. I just, I think there's a wide variety in terms of the next three games of what the final score could look like there. Um, and again, we've seen it already with Arizona this year. I thought they would beat the brakes off of Stanford and then you go 21 to 20 as your final score. So we will definitely see, again, like I just don't love those again, these, these aren't like clear starts. like, if, like they have Colorado uh, in four matchups. That's a clear start if, if Fafita is this, is still the starter by that point. But these these three right here, Washington, Oregon State and UCLA, it just makes it a little bit more iffy, but again, that's the only reason why I don't really like it that much. Anyway, let me throw out a couple of reminders and a couple of honorable mentions for you guys in terms of who you could pick up off the waiver wire. Jacob Zeno is still available in a lot of leagues. He's still sub 30%. He plays against UTSA this week, just got, who just got absolutely diced by EJ Warner just now. Zeno is a better quarterback. He should have a pretty good day there. He also had a pretty good day this past week against South Florida. Zion Chris is still out there. Chandler Rogers, both of those guys have pretty good matchups this week. I almost put MJ Morris into this video. I just don't love MJ Morris's uh, matchups. Over the next couple of weeks, I believe like he has uh, Wake Forest on there. I believe he has Clemson. There's just not not clear starts there. Um we'll definitely see. Jordan McLeod has a really nice um has a really nice matchup against Georgia Southern this weekend. That game should be pretty high scoring right there. Last quarterback I'll mention here, and I cannot believe I'm saying this, but I kinda, kinda, kinda like Graham Mertz this week I know I know it's it's this is terrible but like give me a second let me put let me pull up his last couple of games like he's going up against South or South Carolina this week South Carolina has the worst secondary in the SEC and it's not particularly close here yeah let's see game log here y'all don't I don't think y'all realize over the last three weeks that you know Graham Mertz has thrown for 284 244 and 254 he has thrown for five touchdowns in the last two games. He is actually looking better again. Like, I don't, don't hear what I'm not saying. He's not a weekly fantasy starter or anything like that. But you got to play the matchup sometimes. And like, if you're struggling, you're maybe in a super deep league. Maybe you kind of might possibly have to bite the bullet on Graham Mertz potentially being your starting quarterback. I'm just throwing it out there again. You guys decide what to do with that information. Speaking of deciding to do with information. I'm gonna to decide to do with what I want. No, nope, that was a that was even remotely close to a good segue. Apologies, oh, y'all, as I sit here and take a glass, take a glass of water. Oh my God, I'm losing my mind as we speak. There we go. I have water now. My brain is rejuvenated. I can talk and speak about college fantasy again. Oh, and now I've lost all energy because I got to go talk about some of these running backs for this week. I'll be real with y'all. It's a stretch. It's a stretch for all of these guys this week. It's just not... If you're struggling at running back on your waiver wire, I, I hate to say it, but there's just not a lot of great options. Again, I, we, me and John Lobb were texting back and forth on Twitter a bit. It's just not a good week for running backs. It's so. It was very, very difficult. I got four of them here for you today. I had to cut it down. There just wasn't any great, really great options to justify five. But we'll go with it anyway. We'll start here with Io Adie, the running back out of North Texas. Oops, excuse me. Got an ad that popped up on me that scared the crap out of me. Anyway, running back in North Texas, Io Adie, rostered on 5% of leagues, 14 rushing attempts this past week for 125 yards and a touchdown. You are looking at a guy that is going up against Temple this week. And we talked about it on—we talked about last week that on the sit-start episode, Temple's rushing defense is truly horrendous. Like you're talking top, bottom 10 in the entire country. They're giving up 219.4 rushing yards per game. Io Adia is separating himself from this North Texas running back room. We'll get to that in a second. And he's had some really good performances again. The volume hasn't typically been there, but you got the last three games, 19 rushing attempts, 13 rushing attempts, 14 rushing attempts. That's about as good as you're going to get on the waiver wire right now. It's a, it's pretty barren. And he's had a hundred plus yards in each of the last three competitions. He is, dude is just being absolutely explosive in his running game. Again, he's had 7.8 rushing yards or 7.8 yards per rush. 8.5 8.5 yards per rush and 9, 8.9 yards per rush in his last couple of games here. Like I said, the volume isn't great, um, but, but I think, like I said, he's starting to separate himself. You look at the rest of that room, and he is clearly performing the best on the down-for-down down basis. He is clearly the top running back choice for this team. And again, he's got a really good matchup this week against Temple. I'm not advocating for him to be a weekly starter for College Fantasy moving forward. Especially, again, you got Tulane the week after. That's not great. Memphis will probably be okay. But again, when you have this few touches, you're probably hoping you have a better option on your team regardless. I think this is an excellent matchup for Io Adie this weekend. He's a perfect plug-and-play for teams that are struggling at running back. And I've definitely put in a waiver claim or two for him on teams where my running back situation is not looking great this week. So let's move on to another running back here. Let's in- reintroduce some of you guys to an old friend. Not that one. I got rid of him. He, I, I, I did a little bit more research. I forgot to take him out. Um, it just wasn't worth talking about, but let's talk about Brady Bennett. Let's talk about an old friend for some of you here who really liked Brady Bennett back when coastal Carolina really, really provided some really great college fantasy running backs and but since then it's been really by committee even jamie chadwell to end his career there at coastal carolina just went more committee than anything else and it's still kind of the case here the volume for Braden bennett has been very meh this past weekend 15 rushing attempts for 114 yards and one touchdown that is by far the largest workload he has seen so far this year. He's had nine carries, nine carries, seven carries, nine carries, and then fifteen carries so far this year in each of his games. It's just not been great, but this is kind of kind of like a kind of like a da. I think that Bennett is on his way to separating himself from the backfield, and this is even more clear than the North Texas situation. Braden Bennett, I had to check to make sure that my ESPN app was not messed up because normally when you look at the rushing numbers for a team, you'll see um again you'll you'll see a pretty clear like as as the yards go down, the number of carries go <clears throat> excuse me the number of carries goes down. That is not the case with Coast Carolina at all. They got some real big stinkers in this lineup here. you got C j. Beasley who's had seventeen carries for ninety yards. You got uh, Balthazar, 18 carries for 67 yards. You got Reese White, who has 20 carries for 43 yards. They're all stinkers. Meanwhile, Braden Bennett, twice as many carries as any of those guys. 49 carries so far this year for 245 yards. So you're probably sitting there thinking, Jared, like, holy crap, this dude, that's not, that's not a good sat line for this point of the year at all. What are, what are you suggesting here, dude? You're, you're driving me nuts. I can, I, can feel the temp- I can feel the bulges in your temples coming out of me right now, guys. I would not suggest this guy as a rest-of-year play. But, again, if you're looking for good options, we've seen Braden Bennett be explosive in the past, in past years, and got some tasty matchups in the next couple of weeks. They got App State this weekend, who's 117th against the Rush, and then after that, they got Arkansas State, who's 122nd against the Rush. That's all this is. Like I said, every one of these guys is a stretch. Every one of these guys is a huge risk. Fully putting that out there. But for now, that's the best you're going to get on the waiver wire this week. A guy with a really good matchup, who's shown explosiveness in the past, who's clearly the RB1 on his team, even if that RB1 position isn't all that great. Roll with it if you want to. We will see. Let's go ahead and move on to our third running back option here. Mr. Quentin Cooley, running back out of Liberty, rostered on 6% of rosters this past week. 17 rushing attempts for 106 yards and a touchdown. The first touchdown he has been able to score all year pretty varied for volume so far this year again 16 carries 20 carries 5 carries 12 carries 17 carries very much kind of up and down I think it highly depends on you know how much they're getting out of him for the most part because his production has been very consistent 78 yards against Bowling Green 106 yards against New Mexico State 102 yards against Florida International and 106 yards against Sam Houston the only anomaly in there was actually Liberty's best game where he had five carries for 37 yards. That was the game where Kadon Salter went absolutely nuts. So I think that's part of the reason why he kind of took a step back there. We'll definitely see, but otherwise he's been very consistent. Other part of it is that he's only got one touchdown just because Kadon Salter runs so many in. Could we see that balance out as the season goes down, goes along? I'm hopeful, but I'm not going to hold my breath against it. In terms of what he's got coming up, it, to me, it doesn't really matter because it's all CUSA opponents. Cooley's already pr- shown pretty well that he is very consistent no matter who he's facing on a week-by-week basis. Pretty much everybody but Buffalo, he um, did extremely well against, even on limited carries. But even still, next couple of weeks, got Jacksonville State, whose defense has proven to be fraudulent over the last couple of weeks. Middle Tennessee State, who's 50th against the run. But again, I don't think it's anything that they're going to be able to you know, not overcome there. And then in a couple of weeks, we got Western Kentucky. We've seen what their rushing defense looks like and is absolutely putrid. So I think that Quentin Cooley should be totally fine by that point. Again, it's not great, but it's really the best you're going to get right now. I, hopefully you have some really good options on your team already. Let's go ahead and move on to our fourth and final running back here, Mr. Malik Sherrod, the running back out of Fresno State rostered on 21% of leagues. I cannot figure out this Fresno State team for the life of me. But here we are once again talking about a running back at Fresno State. Turns out that Elijah Gilliam's uh, rise had nothing to do with him just being pretty good. But in terms of just Malik Sherrod was more injured than I thought he was. I mean, Sherrod's been playing, but they've clearly been holding him back for a while. Now that he is healthy, Gilliam has taken a huge, huge hit. And Sherrod is kind of coming back forward. Over the last three weeks, we've seen 13 touches, 13 touches, 15 touches as they've been kind of bringing him back. Obviously, Gilliam's there to split the load with him, but I think Sherrod's going to continue to do well over the next couple of weeks. And then the next couple of games we've got some tasty matchups. Utah State is 101st against the run. You got UNLV, who's 20th against the run. Probably wouldn't start him there. But then Boise State, who's 78th against the run. Sherrod should have pretty good weeks against both Utah State and Boise State. Again, I don't love it. I really don't. But this is this is all we can really find off the waiver of riot right now. I'll just run and give you a honorable mention from last week. Tyree Shelton did exactly what I said he was going to do. He had a really nice performance this past week against Western Kentucky's rushing defense. He's got another nice matchup this weekend. He is wide receiver eligible, so i plug him into that wide receiver lineup. If you are in a a non-PPR league, I'd absolutely do that. But for now, that's really all I got on running backs. As I made very clear, I'm not a fan of these running backs. Uh, But what I am a fan of is these next set of wide receivers. In fact, I like them so much that maybe I should get a t-shirt in order to support their team because I just like them like that. Uh, but not just any team t-shirt, you know, I need something uh vintage and unique, something that really makes it seem like I respect the team's history and I'm not just new on the scene for them. Let's see, where could I find something like that? I know I could go to today's sponsor home field apparel where I can get 15% off vintage college football gear for tons of teams around the country, just by using the promo code campus to Canton. That'll be the perfect place for me to grab gear for not only my favorite team, but also support my favorite um, college fantasy football players and the schools that they play for. Like I said, y'all promo code campus to Canton at home field apparel. Make sure you go and support us there Appreciate, uh, home field apparel for giving us today's sponsor, but now let's go actually talk about these wide receivers. And I was being serious that I actually probably like the wide receivers this week on the waiver wire, probably better than any position. That's kind of the nature of the position. You got guys coming up, coming down. There's always kind of options to kind of be looking for on the waiver wire guys who have risen. Let's talk about a few of them after I take a sip of water. All right, there we go. let's talk about Eric McAllister wide receiver out of Boise State rostered on 24% of leagues this past week against San Jose State 9 targets for 5 receptions 170 yards and a touchdown I was hesitant I was hesitant on McAllister to start the year because he had 15 targets week 1 and I was like that doesn't feel like it's going to be sustainable not with Taylor Green as the quarterback I doubt he's going to be that dude Next week against UCF, only five targets, two receptions, 26 yards. I was like, okay. That, that pretty much confirmed my priors. like, I'm not going after McAllister. Stop paying attention to him for some reason because I'm bad like that. Then, last couple of weeks, against uh, North Dakota, eight targets, six receptions, 143 yards, two touchdowns. Against San Diego State, seven targets, five receptions, 90 yards, and a touchdown. Against Memphis, 10 targets, 5 receptions, 98 yards, and no touchdowns. And then, like I said, against San Jose State, we we got 170 yards and a touchdown. This dude's way more consistent than I've given him credit for. And quite frankly, it's time that he's not off, that he comes off the waiver wire permanently for a lot of leagues right now. He has been consistent through the quarterback back and forth between Green and Maddox over there. with the the Broncos. There's some really nice matchups coming up here against Colorado State. Colorado State, the worst passing defense in the country, so McAllister should be able to eat plenty there. Wyoming, we've learned our lesson with Wyoming. They're a good defense. They're very solid. It is at Boise, from what I understand, so that probably gets mitigated a little bit there, but he's still probably not touching it. Fresno State, they've been an up-and-down team pretty much all year in terms of how well they've been able to produce on defense, so We'll see, but as for now, McAllister's an excellent, excellent ad against Colorado State this upcoming weekend, so make sure you go and grab him. Let's move on to our next guy here, Mr. Christian McRae, the wide receiver out of Kent State, rostered a 1% of leagues this past week against Ohio. 10 targets, 6 receptions, 93 yards, and 2 touchdowns. Do we have our next Maction hero here. I'm hoping so. I'm hoping this keeps up the rest of Maction because look at his last two weeks against Miami of Ohio, 14 targets, 10 receptions, 105 yards this past week against Ohio. Again, just said it. 10 targets, 6 receptions, 93 yards, and 2 touchdowns. Kent State's going to be playing behind a ton. They're going to be forced to pass a ton. McCray looks like the guy that will be the most reliant target Excuse me, not reliant. The most reliable target for this poor, poor team moving forward through Maxion. Their offense is already looking better now. They're playing a little bit more down to competition. He's got some really, really nice. Like, if you could pick three Max schools to be your next three opponents, I think Kent State would pick these three guys. They got Eastern Michigan, they got Buffalo, and they got Akron. Unless they just absolutely bracket McCray moving forward, like they put three guys on them and force Kent State to fight another guy, McCray should be able to eat against all three of those guys should he keep up the target numbers that he's been seeing the last couple of weeks. I'm really, really hoping he does. But that's the risk you kind of take this late into the season. Some guys flash for a couple of weeks, and then they drop off after that point. But even still, McCray, if you're looking to take advantage of that sweet, sweet action, action, I think McRae is one of the guys you should be looking at on your waiver wire this week. We shall see. The next two options I like because of their target numbers, but for the most part, if I'm being real, the ceilings kind of cap with both of them, both with just the offenses that they run in, and also just like just kind of sh- like that just looking at their numbers, that's pretty much what they are. But we'll talk about the more explosive one here first. Mr. Silas Bolden, the wide receiver out of Oregon State, rostered on eight percent of leagues right now actually no that's incorrect 13% of leagues right now he has been another one of these steady Eddie guys it's not been any well he's had some he 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 had a good week against UC Davis and a good week against Utah we'll talk that Utah game was absolutely nuts for him um but again he's been very steady Eddie you're talking about five seven eight receptions pretty much every single game for him again he had 12 targets against San Diego State only hauled in three of them that was definitely a weird game. They were trying to get him going, obviously, in that game. The touchdown numbers are pretty limited. He's had three receiving touchdowns. He has a rushing touchdown as well, but that was on one uh, jet sweep run. So it's not like they do with that with him every single week there. Although he's got, yeah, looks like they do it about one rushing attempt every other game, it seems like. Um, but even so, looking at, his, looking at his numbers again, 8.3, 21 fantasy points. 12 fantasy points. Just very steady Eddie. Again, he's not going to bottom out on you or anything like that, but he has the potential for some big weeks there. I'm not going to guess what weeks those are. He feels like a really nice best ball play for the most part. But if you're struggling at wide receiver, got some pretty good options here over the next couple of weeks. Don't like the matchup against UCLA there, obviously, but Arizona and Colorado afterwards, that should be a ton of fun for Bolden next couple of weeks. But we'll definitely see. Next one is truly the steadiest of all Edius. That is Mr. Andrew Armstrong. Wide receiver out of Arkansas. Don't love the matchups coming up, obviously. You got Alabama. And then, you know, gets a little bit better with Mississippi State and Florida after that point. But it seems like no matter who Arkansas plays against, you're going to see a stat line of fantasy points that finishes somewhere between 10-10 and 16 fantasy points for Andrew Armstrong. That's just what he has been every single week. His target numbers have been super, super consistent. Seven targets, six targets, nine targets, six targets, four targets, nine targets. He is involved every single week. Again, you don't have to worry about him just being missing for an entire game. He's not good enough to warrant defenses bracketing him. Again, he, he finds the points... In one way or another, if he can't get the touch, if he can't get the touchdowns, he goes and gets it through through his receptions and his yards. If he can't get it through the receptions and yards, well, that's probably when he's having a two touchdown week, even though he's got 21 yards like he did against Kent State. Again, just going off of history, he's going to be involved every week. If you want a guy that you know is not going to bottom out on you on a bye week, I think Andrew Armstrong is easily one of the safest plays you can find on the waiver wire right now. Again, the Alabama matchup is tough. I would have a hard time justifying starting him against that. But again, like I said, as it seems like no matter who he plays, he's gonna finish in the exact same range. So we'll definitely see. Let's move on to our next wide receiver here. Also, give me a second, y'all. I need to do I need to click a button real quick. There we go. Sorry, I had somebody texting me and they were not. They were uh it was distracting me. I can't be distracted while I talk to you guys about college fantasy football. Anyway, let's go and talk about Xavier Restrepo, the wide receiver out of Miami, Florida. Roster on twenty five percent of leagues. Miami has their top three receivers, man, and they are loving it. And Colby Young's kind of taking a step back a little bit, but Xavier Restrepo, he's been kind of the most consistent of the bunch the last couple of weeks. Again. Since September, six targets, nine targets, six targets, nine targets, and 13 targets this past week against Georgia Tech when Miami couldn't get anything going. But again, very much like Andrew Armstrong. He's been so, so consistent in half PPR formats 11.3 fantasy points, 15.6 fantasy points, 15 fantasy points, 19.6 fantasy points, 18.3 fantasy points. Again, a couple, like, in terms of what he's got coming up here. UNC, that should be a pretty high-scoring game between Miami and North Carolina for the most part. Reshepo should be once again involved there. Again, I would not, would not start him against Clemson. Just out of habit. Wouldn't, wouldn't start really anybody against Clemson's defense for the most part. Just doesn't feel smart. But then you got Virginia of the week afterwards there. This dude has seen 22 targets over the last couple of weeks. That is a, and before that, 15 targets and the two weeks before, that's, consistent volume that's kind of hard to find on the waiver wire right now on a week-by-week basis, He's been doing this all year long. It's not like this is a recent thing that we are afraid of being a flash in the pan. He's had 300-yard games over the last three games and actually very similar to Andrew Armstrong. Even if he didn't hit that 100-yard mark against Temple, he had two touchdowns. So... He's getting the points regardless one way or another. Quite frankly, the fact he's only had two touchdowns so far this year tells me that he's probably going to see more here in the near future. So I think that's something I'm willing to bet on. Last wide receiver here. Again, I'm doing the same thing I did last week where I'm just adding another wide receiver in because I think this is where you're going to find the most value on the waiver wire right now. And that is Mr. Noah Smith, the wide receiver out of Sam Houston, you're probably sitting there thinking like Jared, Sam Houston. Hey, Sam Houston, last time I saw them, they 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 were cracking, they it was a minor miracle. They scored seven points against Houston. And that's not a good defense either. So what's going on here, Jared? Like, why what what's what's the big deal? Well, Sam Houston's made a change of quarterback. Shoemaker has come in, and it really looks like that he is a much better option to get this Sam Houston um, Bearcat offense moving. And Very clearly, he has a favorite target. It is Mr. Noah Smith. He has had, over the last two weeks, and I'm not stuttering when I say this, 31 targets. He has had 15 targets in the game against Jacksonville State, and he has 16 targets in the game against Liberty. He has had 97 receptions, or excuse me, 97 yards in both of those games, only one touchdown. But the fact is, again, now that Sam Houston's scoring more and clearly he's getting this much targets, he's going to find the end zone quite a bit more. Just like every CUSA team, he's got a beautiful schedule ahead of him here. You he got New Mexico State, FIU, UTEP. Those are all teams that this new San Jose, San Jose, have I been saying San Jose State? I feel like I have. This new Sam Houston offense should absolutely do well against all three of those teams for the most part. I, again, it's taken a while for them to get going, but I think that Noah Smith, if his volume continues, might be one of the might be one of the more valuable guys you can grab off the waiver wire this week. Sorry that I put him last year. Again, I had to I had to change things around a little bit at the last minute in order to get him in here. Um, let's talk about a few honorable mention wide receivers here. Uh, it's a couple that are just outside the thirty percent threshold that I like to. Put on myself in terms of rostership, but Anthony Simpson, the wide receiver to UMass, has had a phenomenal, phenomenal stretch the last couple of weeks. Obviously not a start this week against Penn State, so I wouldn't do that. But then Jordan Watkins, the wide receiver at Ole Miss, very consistent volume there. Him and Jackson Dart have clearly found some connections there. They got some good matchups over the next couple of weeks. Sam Brown out of Houston is still at 32% roster. This dude is just straight up outperforming. Matthew Golden in terms of yardage. I think he has almost twice the yardage of Matthew Golden. It's just he hasn't gotten the touchdowns that come along with it. Touchdowns are coming. He is clearly one of the top targets on the team. He's clearly the deep threat for them. Guys, just grab him now. It's going to be too late soon. And then another guy that has kind of been flying under the radar is uh, Theo Weiss, wide receiver in Missouri, with their increased passing volume. Obviously, Luther Burden's that dude. But Theo Weiss has been kind of a pretty steady-eddy option for college fantasy users the last couple of weeks. So I would, if you're going to be struggling at wide receiver, he's somebody else I would take an eye on. And then a couple of reminders again, Joey Hobert, the wide receiver, Texas state had a nice game this past weekend. Again, because Texas state, all they do is score, score and score. He's still under 30% in a lot of leagues. So I would double check to make sure that he is not still available for you. If you're looking for wide receivers. All right, let's go and look at a couple of tight ends here. Again, Nobody like Mitch Evans, nobody like obviously Dallin Hulk or anything like that, but a couple guys that like, you know, good performances this past weekend that I think will be legit moving forward for the most part. Again, they're not going to be in the same tier as Bowers or Hulk or anything like that, but you're struggling a tight end that these are the guys I'm willing to bet on here. Let's go talk about David Martin Robinson, a personal favorite of mine before the season started. Started off okay in terms of targets, but again, just the production wasn't there had a game where he had zero targets. Where I'm like, dude, David Mart Robinson's like your best player on offense. Like, why are you just not throwing it in? Well, the past couple of weeks, we're starting to see a little bit more of what we wanted to see out of David Mart Robinson. Against seven targets against Tulsa, no touchdowns, less than 50 yards, but still seven targets was nice to see. This past week against UTSA, ten targets, eight receptions, 112 yards, and two touchdowns. I'm not gonna pretend that's gonna be what he does every single week. Obviously, that'd be absolutely ludicrous. But, but as I talked about with EJ Warner, there is plenty to like when it comes to the schedule upcoming for Temple, North Texas, SMU, Navy. It's going to be hard for you to find a better schedule for a tight end over the next couple of weeks than those three right there. So that's kind of my pitch for David Martin Robinson. I think he's going to be he's slowly getting back to what I thought he would be before the start of the season. But, you know, maybe that ends up being a flash in the pan. That's just kind of how tight ends are right now. Because, like, I went and looked at the tight end position because I'm doing some research in terms of, like, catching up, like, you know, what's the snapshot look like right now halfway through the season? What is, like, what's surprising us? What did we expect? Stuff like that. The gap between Bowers and Holker versus every other tight end in the country right now is absolutely ludicrous. Like, it is so like, it's like Bowers and Holker, and then everybody else is in the exact same tier. They all have, like, they're all within, like, 10 points of each other. It's just absolutely ludicrous. Like, if you didn't take Bowers this year in your draft or Holker, woof, you're really struggling at tight end for them to separate a tight end. Speaking of separating a tight end, let's go and talk about another tight end option here that, again, nothing crazy, but at the same time, like, he's got... Plenty of volume, which is this about as good a volume you're going to get out of out of a tight end. That's Mr. Justin Jolly, the tight end out of UConn. Again, probably pronouncing that last name incorrectly. My apologies, Justin. If you ever listen to this for some reason, but again, his volume has been super, super nice. He's got six targets, four targets, nine targets, five targets, four targets, and seven targets over the last couple of games. That's good for a receiver. A lot of times, that that amount of volume. He is right up there with the top wide receiver targets on his team. He, and in some weeks, he is the top target for this passing game. That's what that's the best you're going to get out of a tight end right now. Again, that's not named Bowers or Holker. The fact that he've caught his only his first touchdown this week just feels kind of crimeful considering, you know, how many he's had how many targets he's had over the last couple of games. Yukon has the matchup against USF this upcoming weekend, which I think will be very, very nice. For the Huskies. After that, unfortunately, they got Boston College, which is kind of a coin flip in terms of how well they can do against Boston College. But then they got Tennessee afterwards, in which I don't trust them at all in that game. Again, I sound so negative today, but it's just the way the waiver wire is right now. We are doing too good of a job as college, like, as the college fantasy community this year, in terms of getting the right guys off of the waiver wire this year. So, pat yourself on the back. You're making all of our jobs harder by not leaving a ton of good options on the waiver wire each week. So good job, everybody. But and still, in terms of tight ends, I think Jolie is probably your second best option if you're trying. If you're just trying to find a consistent guy week by week, I'm not promising you a huge ceiling here. This past weekend was the first time Jolie hit 10 plus points in a half PPR format. But even still, I think that he is again. He's got some big weeks ahead of him if he's continuing to get this volume. So, why not try to go ahead and take the shot here? All right. One last sip of water and then I'm going to run through some of these um streaming defense options and then we'll get out of here, y'all. All right. Got five of them here. I'm going to run through them real quick again. We got Duke going up against NC State. We got Wisconsin going up against Illinois. Illinois, excuse me. Wisconsin going up against Iowa. We got Rutgers going up against Michigan State. We got Troy going up against Army. And we got Maryland going up against Illinois. You guys kind of see my strategy pretty quickly here. One, I got a lot of Big Ten teams in here. Because Big Ten plays pretty good defense. And not a lot of their offenses are super solid. So we're going to play off of that. And then, again, got some defenses here in here that I just legitimately like. Like Troy going up against Army. That should be a low-scoring game. Let me run through all of these individually. I'm just losing my train of thought here, trying to talk about it like this. Duke versus NC State. Duke's got on 20% of leagues right now. You probably pick them up pretty easily. Duke has held every single opponent they have faced so far this year under 14 points, all but the final minute of the Notre Dame game. That's a pretty solid, impressive run there over the last couple of weeks. Again, especially considering they face teams like Clemson, they face teams like Notre Dame, which typically could just typically overwhelm them in terms of talent on the offensive side of the ball. They have been doing that this year. They get NC State this week. I like MJ Morris. The problem is that... Again, he's coming off of a tough matchup against Marshall in which he had to expend all of his energy to win a shootout in that game. He had three interceptions in that game. Definitely gonna be having some confidence going on there. I think Duke is going to I think Duke is gonna show us that this NC State offense, even with MJ Morris, just isn't going to be as productive this year. And Duke will absolutely be able to take advantage of that. So I'm liking them this week. Wisconsin versus Iowa, two reasons here. One, just going to keep picking on the Iowa's, the Iowa's offense. Like, they're without their three best players. Got Brian Ferentz as your offensive coordinator. Like, come on. The over-under the over in this game is 37. That's the lowest on the week. Might as well take advantage of that. I, I, I think Wisconsin, there's a quite possibly a chance that Wisconsin shuts out Iowa this weekend. Another Big Ten matchup, Rutgers versus Michigan State. Another one where the over under is just 41.5. Both of these teams have solid defenses. Neither one of these teams have really incredible offenses. Very much an old school Big Ten shutout. Possibly this game ends 9 to 6. Yeah, Troy versus Army. Not only do I like Troy's defense, but again, playing against Army, both Army's goal is to hold games to low scoring affairs for the most part. I think that's exactly what they're going to get here with Troy. Troy likes keeping games low scoring as well for the most part. I think that this over-under of 43.5 is extremely warranted. Wouldn't be surprised if both of these teams end some uh sub-20 points in this game. And then the last but not least, we got Maryland versus Illinois. I'll admit this is kind of like the shot, as as Felix Sharp likes to say, the shoot from deep optioned here. But Maryland's defense has actually kind of been decently impressive the last couple of weeks again they've scored 19 points 19 points 23 points 23 points 17 points and really took ohio state to really um just absolutely blow this dst out of the water but illinois is not and i repeat is not the uh ohio state buckeyes offense in fact they're part of the reason why i like this option not only is maryland's defense but actually pretty solid against a lot of a lot of decent teams. Illinois offense is just is not it right now. Again, Luke Altmaier can't stop throwing interceptions, can't stop making mistakes. They are down Josh McCray at running back now, Reggie Love is not Chase Brown, Caden Fagan might be good but he's going to take a cup take a little bit to go there like I could absolutely see Maryland playing this game super close and or not playing this game super close, super tight and them being able to shut down Illinois' offense here. I think this would be a big win for Maryland. I think that like part of the reason is they're going to show that their defense, which held Ohio State to 10 points in the first half of their game, I think is more than good enough to possibly blank the fighting Illini this weekend. So we'll definitely see it right there. All right, one last sip of water. I lied about the last sip of water earlier. I need one last one here real quick. All right, there we go. Let's go ahead and finish ourselves up here. Let's go ahead and finish ourselves up again. I'm a broken record at this point. My apologies, y'all. Anyway, week six right around, or oh my goodness, week seven right around the corner. We got the sit start show coming out at the at the normal time for you guys on Wednesday. So be sure to be. On the lookout for that. If you are listening right now. We got plenty. And I repeat plenty of room for the show this week. In that regard. So please make sure that you go and check out the Chasing the Natty Twitter account. At Chasing the Natty. Where we have our tweet up. Asking for your sit and start options for this week. Definitely need to get them in soon. Because a lot of you have Max or uh, CUSA matchups this upcoming week on Tuesday and Wednesday. So we definitely need to hear from you pretty pretty darn soon as of right now i'm tired if you can't tell i I, i'm struggling a little bit to keep my head on straight here so for now i'm gonna go rest and get ready for another good weekend of college football here i will see you guys again on wednesday morning and good luck grabbing the guys off the wave wire see y'all have a wonderful and blessed weekend